Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Racing on America's classic circuits. This is IMSA Radio. Welcome everyone to round three of the 2019 IMSA Prototype Challenge Series. From mid-Ohio, Brian Till along with Jeremy Shaw. Overcast skies, very cool conditions. It's going to be difficult to get the tires up to temperature, up to pressure. Michelin produces a great tire, but right now, Jeremy, very cold. And we've got 23 quality cars in this field. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, for a lot of the drivers going into this race, very little dry weather time on this racetrack if at all it's been uh, the, the weather the last couple of days has been pretty lousy quite frankly and uh, yesterday uh, there was there's barely any dry running at all so there's going to be a lot of uh, steep learning curves out there brian in the first few minutes of this race accurate nsx pace car leading the field right now they'll do two and a half laps before the drop of the green the green happens here at mid ohio on the back straightaway restarts and the checkered flag on the front straightaway that allows the field to spread out just a bit more as they'll rush down the back straightaway and into turn four Let's run down the, the starting lineup for today's third round of the IMSA Prototype Challenge. 23 cars at the back of the grid. Car number 86 for One Motorsports is Paul LaHaye. Row 11 of the grid, John Brown's number 2 for Ansa Motorsports. And Joe Robillard, car number 10 for Robillard Racing. That's a Norma. The other two behind him are both Ligiers. Two more Ligiers on row 10 of the grid. Uh, Bruce Hamilton will start car number 60 for Wolver Racing. Alongside him... Chris Arcanaccio making his debut in this championship from Pittsburgh in car number 52 for PR1 Matheson Motorsports. Two more Ligiers on row nine. Lance Wilsey starting in car number 33 for Sean Creech Motorsports and the P1 Motorsports entry for Joel Janko. That's car number 70. Row eight, Rob Hoders in the K2R Motorsports Ligier car number 51. The similar car for Performance Tech Motorsports car number 19 is Dean Baker. Row seven, two more Ligiers. Also performance for performance tech motorsports in car number seven is Blake Mount. And car number 11 for Simway Raceway Motorsports in car number 11 is Mo Smith. Row six, the Norma for JDC Motorsports. Car number nine is Jerry Kraut alongside him. In Ligier for Polestar Motor Racing, based in Cleveland, Ohio, by the way, is Keith Grant in, in, in car number 40. Row five. Uh, Kevin Woods will start number 12 Ligier for Simway Raceway Motorsports. The similar Ligier for Ansa Motorsports in car number four. The uh, championship uh, top runner in the championship winner at Daytona is Leo Lamellas from Brazil. Row four of the grid for K2 R Motorsports, Naveen Rao in car number 64, that's a Ligier, alongside a Norma for 47 Motorsports, Timo Rega aboard car number 55. Row three, Cameron Castles for Performance Tech Motorsports in a Ligier, car number 75. The similar car for Ansar Motorsports, car number 13 from France, making his debut is Jordan Perrois. Row two of the grid, Dakota Dickerson in car number 54 for MLT Motorsports. That's another Ligier. And at the front of the grid, three Norma M30s. In third position on the grid, the championship leader, Austin McCusker for 47 Motorsports in car number 47. On the, on the front row of the grid, on the outside, Stephen McAleer for Robillard Racing in the Norma nut car number 43. He won last time out at Sebring. And on the, on the pole position, making his debut in this championship very impressively, 
for, Gil for Gilbert Courthoff Motorsports and a Norma M30. Car number 23 is a veteran driver, but making his debut in this championship, Mike Skeen. And Mike Skeen, a very talented driver, and interesting to note, you can run a two-driver format, but you can also run a single-driver format, and that's what we see with Stephen McAleer. He'll run all the sprint races throughout the season on his own, and we saw him do it at Sebring. How cold is it? How difficult is it to get tire temperature? Look at Mike Skeen right there. Almost loses it back in turn eight here on the warm-up lap. Right now, the tire's not up to temperature yet, but the brakes are, and that could be a problem once they take this green flag and head down this back straightaway. It's going to take two or three laps at least before these tires really come up to the optimal working temperatures. Playing games on the front row right now. Stephen McAleer laying back just a little bit. Driver's antsy, waiting for that green flag. Anticipation building. The flag will fly, and then it'll be a drag race down the back straightaway. The flag is out. Down to heavy braking in turn four. These prototypes down to about 80 miles an hour through the apex when things are good. But I talked to Garrett Grist yesterday, and he said it could take five to seven laps to get tire temperature and pressure. Whoops. And already a problem, that's Stephen McAleer. Wow, and that's one of the more experienced drivers in the field. We wouldn't have expected him to make a mistake. Like also going around is Lance Wilsey in car number 33. I think Wilsey just spun to avoid, yeah. lifted off in the middle of the corner with cold tires for Stephen McAleer. The problem is it is so wet, you leave the racetrack, you're going to get mired down. The crew's not able to do a lot of mowing of the grass here because of all the rain. That means the grass is very tall, very wet, and lots of mud. And look at this battle early on already. The what, 54. What a great move by Dakota Dickerson, but he, but he seemed to lose pace coming off the corner. Is, are the yellows out, perhaps? Yes. yes. I think the yellow flags are out, so he realized that would have been an overtake under yellow, uh, and uh, he backed off to allow Mike Skeen to retain the lead. The, the forecast yellow have already been called as he was in the process of making that pass, but uh, really heads up driving there for both of those two leaders. It was a super-looking move by Dakota Dickerson, but again, wisely, he realized that he wasn't going to get away with it. Let's see what happened to... He just loses it. He Stephen he just got on the throttle, didn't he? Yeah, I think he did. These cars, about 450 horsepower, no traction control. And what happens is you get in there on those cold tires, you try to squeeze back in the throttle, you get wheel spin, and around the car goes. For Stephen McAleer, this is huge in the championship. Today's race, three of six. So we're at the halfway mark once we see the checkered flag today. Stephen McAleer, fourth in the championship coming in here. He will lose at least a lap right now as they try to get him out of the grass. Well, yes, unless, unless he's very, very fortunate. That's a problem. Lance Wilsey might have had a bit of contact there. There was one of the, uh, the K2R cars. I think it was, uh, might have been, not quite sure which one it was, possibly Rob Hoders in car number 51. It was also going slowly around about the same time uh, that number 33 car was spinning around. But for Stephen McAleer, he was really lucky there, Brian, till not to be collected by anybody else. And he spun really effectively in front of the entire pack. Minimum drive time in the two-driver format, 40 minutes, and there's the lap. It's gone for Stephen McAleer and for Lance Wilsey as the pack streams by. Minimum drive time, 40 minutes. There is a mandatory pit stop, obviously, and the pit stop has to be two and a half minutes long from the pit in line to the pit out line. Yeah, so that's uh, very much behind the eight ball now for uh, 
Stephen McAlee. It's not impossible to make it up again, but it's going to be awfully difficult on, on, this, uh, on this sort of racetrack. And for poor Lance Wilsey there, <laughs> I spoke to him just a little while ago, actually, and he was saying yesterday he was, he was kind of caught out by somebody else making a mistake uh, on, the, on the first lap of qualifying. He didn't go out in the practice because he tested here uh, a couple, about 10 days ago, so it was pretty comfortable. Really, the, the weather forecast for today was looking dry, so he thought really there's not much point in going out in the wet. But he went out yesterday in qualifying and got taken out in the first lap, so that kind of came back to bite him. So he had to start way, way back in a pack, and that uh, gloriously uh, liveried car is now also one lap down after that spin. Yeah, Got to give hats off to Dakota Dickerson. He yeah. was fighting with Mike Skeen through that seven-eight-nine combination of the racetrack, known as Madness, back in the back. Very twisty. They were side by side, and I think the crew had a sense that the yellow might be coming out. But I think Dakota didn't want to risk being called for pass under the yellow, so he just kind of laid back, gave it to Skeen, and said, "We've got an hour and forty minutes yeah. to go. I don't need to be that bold right now. We'll see if we can get it some other time." And for Stephen McAleer still sitting there in the car in the 43. I, I don't know if something perhaps broke in the drivetrain. I find this odd that they weren't able to just pull the car back onto the racetrack. Didn't have contact with anyone as far as we could see. No, that's true. Um, it, unfortunately, uh, yeah, we, we didn't see him whether he was sort of spinning the wheels there trying to get back uh, off the grass and just got stuck in the grass or, wh- or whether there's something more seriously wrong with that car. But whatever it is, it's a great shame for Stephen McAleer, who had a, a tremendous win in the most recent race at uh, Sebring. The 34-year-old, originally from, from Scotland, but now living in upstate New York, close to Mont- Monticello. He does a lot of driver coaching there at the Monticello Motor Club. Still working to get Stephen McAleer's yeah. stricken Norma back on. And I'll tell you, when we talk about championship, you got to look at the number four car, now seventh in line, and that is the car of Leo Lamellas and Neil Alberico, second in the championship right now. They qualified ninth, so with McAleer out, that's allowed them to move forward. They've picked up a, a position, and that's going to be important because when we think about the championship, that 47 motorsports entry, the number 47, Austin McCusker, Rodrigo Fluker sit third on the racetrack right now, and with a short season like this, every race is absolutely crucial. You can't really afford to have a bad weekend. McAleer is doing so, but right now for the four and the 47, they're going to have a good weekend. What's going to be interesting is the four not qualifying where they wanted to, as I said, ninth. And it is hard to pass here at Mid-Ohio, so they need to get that car moving forward if they want to stay in this championship hunt. Well, that's true. I mean, he, did, uh, he, did, he made one pass on that first lap. Uh, did Leo Lamellas. He got past uh, the number 64 car of Naveen Rao. He was gifted another place by Stephen McAleer's spin. So he is now up into the seventh position. But uh, he uh, and his co-driver, Neil Alberico, I mean, Neil is fast around here, uh, the youngster from California. He has won three times here in the Mazda Roto Indy competition over the last several years. He's he'd won uh, in the uh, USF 2000 championship. He's also been a front runner in... Uh, in Indy Pro 2000 as well so he's a talented young man if Leo Lamellas can bring him that car in a front running position then Neil Alberico will be looking to bring it home and get another strong result Stephen McAleer back underway in his Robillard racing Norma and interesting I think the car was just hung up on the tall grass there in turn five and once the crews got him back on the racetrack the car seems as we thought to be in one piece so McAleer now back in the hunt but he'll be at least two laps down so we'll have to see how that factors out once timing and scoring cycles through 
Full course caution here at Mid-Ohio in the early going. It only took two corners for Stephen McAleer to have a problem on his cold Michelin tires. He and Lance Wilsey both spun in that turn four or five area. Brian Till and Jeremy Shaw with you. Shows just how difficult these conditions are. Very cold right now and can't tell you how low grip this situation is right now. We've heard drivers say three laps to get tire temperature and pressure. We've heard drivers say five to seven laps. We thought we might have more sunshine today, Jeremy, and that that would help. But right now, very cold, very overcast, and driving these cars right now is like driving on ice. They'll slowly get better, but it's going to be over a period of laps, and you're going to have to be very patient until you get a good car underneath you. Yeah, patience is going to be one of the keys. I mean, you, Brian Till, you've got a lot of laps around here. You're uh, the chief instructor here for the Mid-Ohio Racing School, so you know this track probably better than anybody out there. But even at the best of times, there's not a lot of grip on this racetrack. And in con- cool conditions like this, it's, it, it's very, very treacherous out there. Even for somebody the experience of Stephen McAleer, he just it looked to us like he just jumped on the throttle a little bit too hard coming out of that first corner going up the hill towards turn five and around that car went and he's now two laps down on the field lights off on the Acura NSX safety car Mike Skeen in his debut in the IMSA prototype challenge championship leads the field back to green the green flag flies on restarts on the front straightaway Skeen on it hard Interesting to see what Dakota Dickerson there in second place and the orange, white, and purple Ligier can do. Ligier versus Norma, the cars very different aerodynamically. They both seem to have good mechanical grip, but very different aerodynamic signatures. And Dakota Dickerson already looks to the outside, wasting no time as they head into the keyhole, trying to get a run on Skeen. Yeah, really heads up driving there from both, again, from both drivers. Mike Skeen left him plenty of room. He's not willing to risk risk anything at this stage. And again, that's Joel Janko off through the gravel at the top of the keyhole. And he's one of the uh, contenders, in fact, the leader in the Bronze Cup category. That's for, for lesser-rated drivers. There's, there's bronze and silver drivers in the FIA writing system allowed to compete in this event. And Joel is one of the, uh, the Bronze Cup contenders. As I say, leads the championship, having won the uh, category twice in the first two races. He's back underway, but what a move by Dakota Dickerson to take the lead around the outside of the keyhole. He's going to keep Mike Skeen pinched down to the inside on a tighter radius, and that allows Dakota to get the run. That and some wheel spin for Mike Skeen, and then there's the problem under braking for Joel Janko. Think about this. The brakes themselves are warm. That means they've got good capability. The tires are not, so you've got better brakes than you do grip right now, and you've got to be very careful about that because it's easy, very easy, to lock a brake. That's exactly what you said uh, when we were getting ready for the green flag. You sure you want to be driving out there right now? <laughs> no, I don't want to be. You look at these cars right now, and they're like a cat on a hot tin roof. Up on their tiptoes, you can tell how difficult it is to get grip. In fact, Mike Skeen weaving on the straightaway into the keyhole, trying to generate some tire temperature and pressure in those Michelin tires. There's the four. Trying to move up. Leo Lamellas has picked up yet another spot up to six. That's good. He's closing in on his championship rival, Austin McCusker, who runs third right now. Yeah, so uh, there's uh, several drivers here making moves through the field as uh, Joel Janko finally comes past us here. So uh, at least a half a lap down now to the field. And there is the number 13 car. It's under pressure, isn't it, from... Uh, was it under pressure from Team Mariga? Who's that? 
I missed, we're not sure who the cars were. Anyhow, there's all sorts of battling going up and down the field. Dakota Dickerson set uh, the best lap of the race last time around, uh, a 128.3. That was uh, fully two seconds quicker than Mike Skeen in second place. The cars haven't raced here. LMP3 cars have not raced here before, so this will be uh, a new record, obviously, for this category. Another new driver. We talked about Mike Skeen making his debut. You mentioned it earlier, Jeremy. Jordan Perlois in the 13 right now, the white, red, and black number 13, really beginning to pressure Austin McCusker, who is experienced in this series. Now, Perlois does have experience in these cars in the European arena in the V2V championship, but he has never been to mid-Ohio, making a very good showing right now on this very difficult racetrack. And Leo Lamellas climbing up on that battle right now. It's going to turn into a three-way battle for third on the racetrack. That's third, fourth, and fifth. The black number 47 on the way down. Some tire smoke again in the keyhole. Cars beginning to kind of get their legs underneath the drivers now. We're seeing the lap times beginning to fall. It should be about 155 to 160 miles an hour into the braking zone, down into turn four, about 80 miles an hour through the apex there, and then down to second gear for turn five, and you'll carry second gear all the way through five, six, maybe a short shift on the way back over to turn nine, the very difficult blind right-hand corner up and over about 80 miles an hour at the apex third gear big speed down through an area called thunder valley up to about 125 miles an hour around that difficult left-hand bend into the carousel a trademark at mid-ohio second gear 50 miles an hour slowest corner on the racetrack and then you blast back onto the front straightaway up to fourth gear up to 130 miles an hour why is it difficult to pass on this racetrack because you only lose 30 miles an hour into turn one just light braking down to about 100 miles an hour through turn one back towards the keyhole 130 ish miles an hour again on the way into the keyhole and then down to about 60 miles an hour second gear and then back down the back straight away yeah you're busy around here there's no time to relax really uh, at all so uh, it's uh, it's uh, you know an even greater challenge for the drivers last time around uh, dakota dickerson sets a, uh, a new fastest lap there uh, 125.3 and uh, the fastest time in qualifying by the way which was held on a on a on a, on a wet track was a 137 points uh, 137.6 that lap for Dakota Dickerson 125.3 so 12 seconds faster it's a completely different line you take in the dry conditions Brian Till Dakota Dickerson he's raced here before uh, in Formula 4 he's won here uh, he's raced in USF 2000 so he's got a lot, quite a lot of experience around here so he knows how to drive this track in either wet or dry conditions Leo Lamellas in the number 4 giving Jordan Perois in the 13 fits through 9 10, 11 now heading into the carousel a great two car battle here both Ligier chassis and remember, Leo Lamellas in this championship hunt, he's got to be careful with a brand-new driver that he does not know his tendencies. You don't want to risk throwing a championship away by making a move on a driver that you're not ready to deal with quite yet because you don't really know how he's going to be. They are teammates, so to speak, because they do run for Ansa Motorsports. But Leo Lamellas now uses some local knowledge, gets to the inside through the keyhole and takes over that position. 
IMSA prototype challenge from mid-Ohio. Round three of the 2019 season continues. Great battles around this racetrack. The great thing about this series, I believe, Jeremy, I liken it to AAA baseball. You've got stars of tomorrow definitely in these cars. You also have stars who have seen race wins in the past in their careers. Think about Alex Barron. IndyCar victories shares that 64 car with Naveen Rayo. So all different types of talent and experience out here, and it's one of the great things about this Stepping Stone series. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And Dakota Dickerson, who leads the race now, uh, he's uh, very much, very definitely on the way up in this sport. He's just 22 years of age from San Diego, California, former winner of the Team USA Scholarship, which has seen a lot of young drivers make big careers for themselves. And this is his debut with this team. It's a brand new team. They made it, the team only made its debut last time out at Sebring. That's MLT Motorsports run by uh, Dr. Mike Thompson. Uh, but uh, a lot of experience there on that team. Eric Van Bibber, who's used to work here at the at the, uh, at, uh, the Tasman Day, T- Tasman Motorsports Day, so he's used to Ohio. He knows his way around here. It's a well-set-up car, and Dakota Dickerson is driving absolutely beautifully at the moment. Somebody else driving beautifully is Stephen McAleer. The problem, he's one lap down to the leaders right now, two. working two laps down, working his way back. He went past Lance Wilsey in the 33 and it's, he's just got to put his head down and hope that he'll get some yellows and maybe have a chance to get back on that lead lap. You cannot quit. You get down in a ball game. You keep trying until the final inning, the final quarter. And for Stephen McAleer, he's got to make the best that he can of a bad situation here at Mid-Ohio. Side by side down the back straightaway into turn four. Heavy breaking down here. Yeah, so he's going to do the best he can. Meanwhile, another fastest lap for Dakota Dickerson. Uh, each of the last three laps, he set a new fastest lap. It went from 25.3 to 24.7 to 123.8 last time around. And that's just indicative that these tires getting better and better coming now into their proper operating window. And he's extended his lead over Mike Skeen to four and a half seconds uh, in the first, what, just uh, six laps of racing. Kevin Woods in the red and white number 12 under pressure from Cameron Castles just behind in the 75, that blue and white Ligier chassis, and just behind them, the number 40 of Keith Grant. Cameron Castles having a great run. We've spoken about Cameron a lot through different series because he runs cars in the WeatherTech series in the P2 category here in the Prototype Challenge category, also runs GT cars. A guy loving life right now and loving his racing right now. The 51 not having such a good day off in the carousel. Rob Hodes had a problem in qualifying. It was their worst starting position of the year. And this isn't going to help matters right here as Hodes. Scenic route. Well, he goes off the racetrack and gets those Michelin tires wet there as he comes out of turn 11 spins and then off in the carousel and here's the problem we saw it for Stephen McAleer you get hung up on that tall wet grass the slick Michelin tires you get no traction at all it's hard to get the car back on track yeah it really is and we're seeing a lot of cars still slithering around out there but to most of the drivers now are setting their best laps in the race as the tires come in Dakota Dickerson there continues to pull away at the front of the field uh, he's now, I think, uh, just kind of settled into a comfortable place in the mid-24s. His lap time la- uh, matched on that lap by Mike Skeen. What's interesting to me, though, Leo Lamellas, having found a way past Jordan Perois, is now closed right up onto the tail of Leo Lamellas. So that's now a battle for third position, number 47 and 4. 
Battles all around the 2.2 miles of the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. Simpson a prototype challenge. Good run right now and a good battle. The number nine, Jerry Kraut, out in front of Mo Smith in the number 11. And Smith under attack just behind Chris Archinaco making his debut in the 52. And Rob Hode is still trying to get back on track there in the carousel, inching forward yeah. little bits at a time. And now it seems like the car hung up again. And the problem is if Hodes goes forward anymore, he may very well get hung up on the apex curbing there in the carousel. Very frustrating for him. I mean, he's so close to the track, he's you know, less than a car width away from the racetrack, but he can't get back on it. Car on the move right now, the 40. The yellow Ligier, yep. Keith Grant. Yeah, he just found a way past uh, Dean Grant, uh, Dean Baker, excuse me, on that last lap. And Cameron Castles, too, having got past the number 12 car of Kevin Woods, he's pulled away quite rapidly and trying to close in on Timo Riga. I think the officials may have decided that they're going to have to get Rob Hodes as Hodes has moved back and forth but not made any headway in the carousel to get back to the racing surface. Going to go full course caution. That is the second full course caution of the day with an hour and 23 minutes yet to go. And it's for the same reason. A car off the racetrack, not in a gravel trap, not in a tire wall, but just hung up on this tall, wet grass that the ground screws have not been able to maintain yeah. because of the weather that we've had here in Central Ohio. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been uh, lousy, I gather. You would know because you live only an hour or so away from the racetrack here. But it does look gorgeous right now with, Don't the, with, blame the, this on with the greenery. <laughs> but, uh, boy, it's slippery out in the grass. And uh, anybody who's, who's parked is here at the racetrack who's parked in the grass, well, I hope you parked in a place from which you can extract the car later. Well, you'll notice that even the safety vehicles won't leave the racing surface to try to pull a car because they know that if they get off on the grass, they too will get stuck. Safety crews right now trying to get Rob Hodes out of the grass there. Hodes with the problem in 11, went off the racetrack and came back on. But once again, the moisture on the tires, the mud on the tires, as soon as he got back on and tried to turn for the carousel, nothing doing there. Car's fine. You might need to clean the radiators because it will have picked up a lot of that wet grass in front. But the perils right now are if you leave the racetrack, getting back on is going to be a big, big yes. problem. Yes, unfortunately, Rob, Rob's found that out the hard way. So he now is uh, he's actually lost three laps uh, with slithering around there in the grass. He'll be so frustrated. He's not had a lot of luck this season. He and Garrett Grist... Uh, um, Garrett, Garrett on, the, on Friday during one of the practice sessions, uh, Rob turned some laps, then Garrett got in the car, and on his first flying lap, he was, he was on, the, on the timing and scoring system, he was purple in sector one, purple in sector two, so fastest of everybody on his first flying lap, and then he went off. And then? <laughs> Didn't complete the lap. Uh, so it's been kind of one of those weekends for that K2R team, and, and particularly that car number 51. The good news, they have uh, another couple of cars in the... Uh, in the, in, the show, in the show here, Naveen Rao in kind of a 64. He's slipped down to 12th position, but for a guy with relatively little racing experience, he's uh, keeping his nose clean, and he knows that is the key to a good result. Fans always at hand at Mid-Ohio, making sure that they've got a good spot to watch the racing from. Die-hard fans, and a lot of campers as well. Usually you leave your sleeping bag 
in the tent or in the motorhome or in the trailer today. A good day to have your sleeping bag with you while you're out on the mounds around mid-Ohio watching Prototype Challenge. It is cold. It is damp. But we've seen some great racing so far. Right now, Dakota Dickerson out in front at Mid-Ohio and IMSA Prototype Challenge. Mike Skeen, the pole sitter in second. Austin McCusker trying to keep their championship going. Sits third right now. Ligier, Norma, Norma, Ligier. That is the order of chassis out in front. Two different chassis manufacturers in Prototype Challenge. The Ligier and the Norma, a little bit different aerodynamic signature. We were talking about that earlier, Jeremy, a lot of the teams and drivers feel like the Norma is a little slipperier in a straight line, has a little better top speed, and what that allows teams to do is stack on a lot of downforce. They can turn up the rear wing, they can put some dive planes on the front, get good downforce in the corners, sacrifice a couple of miles an hour down the straightaways, but they have that straight line speed in hand, and so they kind of have the best of both worlds. Lights out on the Acura NSX safety car. Yes, so uh, we were going back to green this time, and once again, the 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 tires were to cool right down during the slow time behind the safety car. So the drivers are going to be really, really careful now at the restart and not get too greedy. Not to, for to go to for to go to Dickerson, don't get on the throttle too soon and and push too hard before the tires are back up to working temperature because again, it's going to take several laps. It would be a reasonable amount of heat retained by the Michelins and Dakota would do the best he can to keep the temperature in the tires by uh, keep making sure he's, he's on and off the brakes during the uh, warm-up procedures. And here we go back to green flag racing. Dakota Dickerson, Good a great restart. leap off of the carousel. This young man, so impressive right now, both behind the wheel and in the business side of motorsport second in the f3 championship right now by just one point and he stepped into this prototype and has shown that he can get the job done in both open wheel and in closed wheel yeah he's, he's very definitely a man of the future is uh, dakota he uh oops there's oh, a spin there for we go Dean yellows Baker. breed yellows yeah, it's that's exactly what it brought once again cole Tarza for Dean Baker. yeah he's got a lot of experience he's got he'd race his uh, vintage formula one cars He's got, a, I believe, a, a McLaren and all sorts of different cars he's raced over the years. Might have got a bit help? of help there. Did buddy from Joel Janko, who's uh, a lap down, possibly got a bit of help uh, in the, from the back end as he went under braking for the keyhole. He's able to reju rejoin, however, but he's going to be at the back of the pack. Now he's got a flat right rear oh, tire and damage to what right. we affectionately call the cheese wedge in the back that's there behind. So I think he may that's have gotten some help. Yeah, definitely, I'm sure. And most likely, I think, from, from that number 70 car, which uh, was already a lap down. Look at the racing around this circuit, and it seems to be everywhere. Good battles throughout this field. Dakota Dickerson, on that restart, has turned in an impressive first lap come past the line almost two seconds in hand yeah. on that restart very impressive all right so now you need to settle down an hour and 17 minutes to go you've got a minimum 40 minute drive time these cars will go over an hour on fuel so that leaves you a pretty big window in the middle to make your decision as to when you want to pit so teams and drivers now having to make those decisions as to what they're going to do but that's a ways off. Lance will see 
in the 33. A little rubbing and some contact gets the worst of that. I couldn't see the car beside him. I believe it's the 12. This racetrack so tight and locking up some brakes there in the keyhole. That was the nine of Jerry Kraut. A lot of drivers having problems, but not Dakota Dickerson on that restart. A great jump. Seemed to get his tires back underneath him quicker than Mike Skeen did and is able to pull that gap out. It was 1.9 seconds at the line the last time by as he finishes this lap. We'll look at the gap again and see if he's continuing to pull away. But meanwhile, is. in third place, Austin McCusker in the 47, under attack by Leo Lamellis right now. Those are the two championship leaders coming to this weekend, separated by eight points after the first two rounds of the championship. A long, long way to go. This lap, uh, number 12 car, by the way, of Kevin Woods found a way back past Cameron Castles. That's number 12 car ahead of number 75 for seventh position. But what a great job by Leo Lamellas in the four. He has climbed up from ninth in qualifying all the way up there to be on the rear wing of McCusker in the 47 and as you said this is the championship as it sits right now we're only at the halfway mark so obviously things can change but this is first and second in the championship down the back straightaway heavy braking into turn four Lamellis looking for a way by and those mirrors for Austin McCusker see that Ligier chassis one side then the other he's got to focus forward he can't focus backwards he's going to hand that car off to his teammate keep it in one piece make sure you've got a good car because Lamellas right now just relentless in the attack yeah and it looked like the Ligier able to get its tires up to temperature maybe just a little bit quicker than the guys in the Norma and uh, as a result of that that uh, Austin McCusker is under an awful lot of pressure Lamellas twitching in the braking zone into the carousel getting everything he can out of that Ligier chassis and as you said, perhaps the Ligier a little better with getting the tires up to temperature a little bit sooner. But as Austin McCusker kind of finds his legs again, he's begun to pull out just a little bit here as the tires coming up to pressure. But Lamellas has been on the charge since the drop of the green from ninth to fourth right now. He's not going to let this go. And remember, once again, he's going to hand that car over to Neil Alberico. He's another one of these young drivers. Great success in open wheel racing and has looked at what sports car racing, the renaissance of sports car racing in North America, what IMSA has built and has said, you know what? I think my opportunities and my future are probably better in sports car racing than open wheel racing right now. And there is absolutely no shame in that well, when you look what IMSA has built. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's pursuing both paths right now because, as you say, he's, uh, he's running. He's, he's only one point out of the lead in the uh, Formula 3 championship uh, powered by Honda and uh, he's uh, very much gunning for that championship for GRG is uh, Dakota Dickerson and he's uh, you know he's he's playing all his cards right I mean he's, he's making these opportunities for himself and that's what a young driver needs to do well, I was actually talking about Neil Alperico yes, but, 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 but no you're exactly right Dakota Dickerson on that same kind of path and has said I need to look and broaden my horizons right now Dickerson doing just that as he leads here at Mid-Ohio Hour and 13 minutes yet to go. And under these very difficult conditions, with the exception of just a couple of spins, Jeremy, 
We've run relatively trouble-free, even though we've had those two full course cautions just to pull drivers out of the grass. And the fights, we've seen them everywhere. Lamellas now in the number four, that Ligier chassis, the red, white, and black all over once again. Austin McCusker in the black and gold number 47. They'll head down the back straightaway. And Lamellas, what can he do into turn four? Side by side, is he gonna clear the 47? He does, and Leo Lamellas has moved into third. Just some great driving. That yeah. car seems to be exceptionally good on the brakes right now, and that was a bold, aggressive move, and it took two very patient drivers to allow that to happen without contact. Yeah, really heads up driving there. Uh, by both of those two. Austin McCusker left in room. I think he's been guilty before, I think, as Austin is kind of looking in his mirrors too much. Uh, this time he's uh, either decided or been implored by his team to let the guy go. If he's that much quicker, just let him go. Uh, steer, don't make a mistake at this stage in the game. Well, so, he's, he's dispensed with Austin McCusker and now is right on the back yeah. of the red and white 23 of Mike Skeen, your pole sitter. That didn't take long, didn't it? I no. Mean, right up with him. Uh, and in fact, there's a new fastest lap of the race on that lap by Leo Lamellis in car number four. Seems that the number four of Lamellis just gets better as the temperatures build. And maybe he's just learning the racetrack right now and finding where that grip is. This racetrack is going to change throughout this event. It has been so wet so little rubber down and it's just going to change lap after lap and what isn't changing is the attack mode that Leo Lamellas is in, Mike Skeen now the victim out of turn 5, down towards turn 6, elevation changes around mid-Ohio affect the grip you've got to plan the pass sometimes several corners ahead in order to get that done and as the car unweights over some of these elevation changes, it slides a little sideways, and Lamellas right now just seems to have the balance in that Ligier chassis. Dakota Dickerson, meanwhile, he, did, he turned his, far, his best lap uh, on each of, the, well, each of the last, every lap since the restart, actually. Uh, the uh, Lamellas has gone a little bit quicker than him overall, but uh, that doesn't matter at this stage because Dakota Dickerson is now extending his lead. It's now... Uh, seven and a half seconds over Mike Skeen, who's got his mirrors absolutely filled with that Ligier of Leo Lamellas. I was going to say, where did Dakota Dickerson go? He's kind of checked out. When you look at the battle for second, as it continues to rage through the keyhole and down the back straightaway, Dakota Dickerson is not to be seen. Yeah. He'll hand that car over on the stop when they make it to Dylan Murray. And Dylan and his father, David, ran at Daytona, had a great run. There, the, the, you, you're right there, they did. And Dylan, I think for that for that weekend at Sebring was a real breakthrough for Dylan McMurray. He's a very, very talented young man indeed. Uh, and he's been picked by uh, Dr. Mike Thompson to, to uh, spearhead this team at the age of 17 years o of age. Uh, and since then, he's, he's been on a steep uh, upward climb. He had a great run in the... Uh, Michelin Pilot Challenge Series yesterday also finished in second place that followed on from his fourth place finish at Sebring so he's on a roll nut right now is uh, Dylan Murray but to go to Dickerson is doing exactly what he needs to do at the front of the field meanwhile Mike Skeen is holding up quite clearly Leo Lamellis and that gap from first to second continuing to extend thank you for that I was 
thinking Daytona, but you're right. The Murrays ran at Sebring, a good top five run for them. And as you said, bright futures there. And if Dylan Murray and Dakota Dickerson continue to share this car for the rest of the season, we could see some great results out of that pairing. IMSA prototype challenge, really one of the training grounds for future stars of the IMSA series and also a great home for drivers with more experience and drivers that are just enjoying the competition that this prototype class brings. Right now, Dakota Dickerson continues out in front, but Leo Lamellis has been in attack mode for about the last, I don't know, I'll call it 37 minutes because that's how far we are into this event. From the drop of the green, he has tried to improve from his ninth place qualifying position. And Mike Skeen is trying to fend off as best he can. And Lamellas continues to throw potential passes at Skeen. It's allowed the 47 of Austin McCusker to close back in a little bit. Lamella seems to have one of the best cars on the racetrack. I feel like if he could get past Mike Skeen, he could begin to pull away. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're probably right. Uh, no question, actually, in my mind at all on that one. As Dakota Dickerson on the previous lap set a new fastest lap, a, a 1 minute 22.07. Uh, he's now got nine and a half seconds in hand over that to battle for second and third. Another guy who fell back a, a couple of three laps ago is car number 55 that's uh, Timo Rigger he's sharing that, that car with his brother it's another of the 47 motorsports Normas by the way sharing that car with his brother Nico he was running in 6th position but they had a spin and he's now all the way down in 13th so he's got a lot of work to do to make up that lost ground Leo Lamellas continues to hound the 23 that red and white Norma of Mike Skeen, the pole sitter here at Mid-Ohio. And he'll make an attempt, drop back a little bit, and then he just claws his way back up to the rear wing in his number four, Ligier. Back through the twistier areas of the racetrack, turn eight and nine. He looks again, probing, trying to find a way through over the elevation change. That beautiful slide as the car gets light. Both those drivers, Skeen and Lamellis, seem to have good balance in their cars right now but I believe the number four perhaps just a little bit quicker but finding a way by your competition here at mid-Ohio very difficult to do out of the carousel slowest corner on the racetrack down the front straightaway through the very quick turn one triple digit speeds through turn one should be right around 100 miles an hour and then up to the keel, second cor slowest corner, about 60 miles an hour, the minimum speed through the keel. And then they'll blast back down the back straightaway. Lamellas underneath the rear wing of the 23. Can he do that outbreaking maneuver at the end of the back straight here into turn four? We've seen him pull it off with success, but Mike Skeen is not going to make this easy. Lamellas looks outside, then he looks inside. Skeen covers side by side. Some lockup on the brakes for Lamellas into four. That was close. He could very easily have slid into the side there of Mike Skeen. Leo Lamellas, give him credit. They locked up the brakes on the inside, going for the pass, realized he wasn't quite there, and did a really good job to make sure that he didn't make contact with the rear end of, uh, of Mike Skeen's car. So uh, that was a, uh, a good move there by uh, Leo. He gave it the try. Mike Skeen left him room. 
but also was able to maintain enough momentum through that corner to number one steer clear and not get hit by Leo Lamellas. Number two retain that second position. But right behind him again now is Austin McCusker in car number 47. I'm going to use a word that may seem a little out of place here, and that is I'm impressed with the patience of both Mike Skeen and Leo Lamellas. Lamellas wants by, but two very professional driving stints right now by these two drivers to run side by side. Mike Skeen is fast in anything that he gets in. He's a very tough competitor, but he is very fair, and you saw that. He wasn't going to yeah. give it to Lamellas. He was going to make him work for it, left him room, and Lamellas a great job to not make contact there in turn four. He's dropped back with that attempt, and now we'll see him claw his way back up and see if he can have another go of it. That's right, and uh Meanwhile, back in sixth position, Cameron Castles, he'd fallen back a couple of places at the restart. He's now regained both of them. He'd passed Mo Smith on the last time around to move back up into sixth place. That's car number 75. His battle passed Kevin Woods on the last lap in car number 12, and the lap before that passed Keith Grant in car number 40. So uh, Cameron Castles has uh, moved back in, up into sixth position. He's a long way back behind the top five, He's certainly doing a very, very nice job there in car number 75. Well, and Cameron Castles in the championship as well, third in the championship right now with his co-driver, James French. So he wants to have a good run here. He'll hand his car over to James French. French will take it to the checkered flag, and yeah. they will figure in this championship. Yeah, and we're now with an hour and four minutes to go. This is a uh, one-hour, 45-minute race, so the 40-minute minimum drive time has been has been uh, achieved by several of these cars, so now they can make their pit stop, and they're good to go to the end on the uh, on the driver minimum requirement. And that's exactly happening. Is what is happening, I should say, with Mike Skeen, Anthony Simone getting in the 23. Skeen with a great job to put that car on the pole. See what Simone can do with it now. Mike Skeen, a very tall driver. And in this Norma chassis, one of the things they say about it is it's a pretty tight cockpit. So they had put some padding on the underside of the dash to help Mike with his knees because he was really folded up and in that Norma as he goes to work helping Simone with the belts. Two and a half minutes is the minimum time on pit road. So... You can take your time on these stops. There is no reason to get in a hurry and make a mistake, both from a driver standpoint, getting your co-driver in the car, or for doing service on the car. From the time it crosses the line at pit in to pit out, they're padding. Mike Skeen throws it over. Well, see what a crew member does here in the series. You sacrifice everything. You get hit in the head by padding that the driver throws at you. And by the way, I was singing Cameron Castle's uh, praises uh, about uh, a minute or so ago, uh, having having overtaken those two cars, number 12 and number 40. Well, he's fallen behind them now on that last lap. He must have made a mistake somewhere on that uh, 25th lap, and it's now number 12 ahead of number 40 and then the number 75 car again. But those three cars covered by less than, well, nothing on the racetrack. Well, in the 40 car, Keith Grant and his brother David, they know this racetrack very well. They've run here for years. They've got a lot of time in formula atlantic cars here and atlantic a car with good horsepower good downforce similar kind of speeds around this racetrack and that has to give them a little bit of leg up for people who don't have that much experience here at mid-ohio this is a incredibly technical racetrack and laps here are critical 
Lamellis now under attack from the 47. Lamellis up into second place as we've seen pit stops. And this is where the strategy comes in. The 23 had pitted. We talked about Mike Skeen handing that car over to Anthony Simone. And I would think if I'm running the 54 car, I'm going to leave Dakota Dickerson in that car for as long as I possibly can. Yeah, absolutely right, because he's just on another fastest lap of the race, a 121.764 now by our race leader. Dickerson on the racetrack on the way up into the keyhole, as was the 23 after its pit stop, and the 47, Austin McCusker, Leo Lamellis. Now it seems like perhaps Austin McCusker has found some speed in that Norma that we didn't see a little bit earlier, or as cold as it is, it's, it's kind of strange for me to say this you kind of wonder if leo lamellas hasn't kind of worn some of the good off of those michelin tires as dakota dickerson with warm michelins and out there is able to get by the 23 and the battle for second continues to rage down the back straightaway and into turn four yeah and now it's going to come down to you know, which of these two dry two teams wants to make the pit stop first and will that be an advantage will it be advantageous to stay out run some more laps on hot tires before you make the driver change or conversely could it be quicker to come in make the driver change and get the uh, the new guy out there uh, before the, the 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 guy you're dicing with so that's going to be a tough call for each of those two teams number four and 47 as dakota dickerson uh, tries to make his way past a slower car, continues to pull away, and he's really under no threat at all at the front of the field. Orange, white, and purple 54, the leader, Dakota Dickerson, in IMSA Prototype Challenge, down the straightaway and into the keyhole one more time, continuing to turn in impressive lap times, 15-plus seconds in hand over second place as the four of Leo Lamellis heads to pit road right so the answer motorsports team is the first to blink there they're going to hand that car over to neil alberico who's got a lot of success here in the past uh, in the the road to indy categories and he will be uh, looking to get that car out and uh, build up some heat in those tires as quickly as he possibly can and try and leapfrog the car number 47 before austin mccusser comes in to hand over to rodrigo fluca he's got plenty of time he doesn't need to come yet they, they can do well, they could do a little bit more than an hour in these cars. So uh, the LMP3 cars, it, it, but it won't be long before you would have to bring that car onto the pit lane. Obviously, Leo Lamella's in the number four had a very fast race car underneath him, but to me it looked like it was nervous in a lot of areas around the racetrack. But the Ligier chassis, the same Ligier ch- chassis in the hands of Dakota Dickerson, the leader, that car looks solid and has looked solid from the drop of the green flag. I don't see it twitch and move the way that I saw the number four moving. Neil Alberico, when he takes over and gets out on track in the four, we'll see if he's, in our good friend Joey Hand's terms, comfy behind the wheel of the four. Alberico lists Joey Hand as one of his heroes in racing. Hats off to Joey. Very experienced driver. He's won Sebring. He's won Daytona. He's won at Le Mans. Uh, not here this weekend as he continues to mend from a virus that he's had, but be good to see him at Le Mans this year. That's his focus right now as IMSA WeatherTech Championship will leave mid-Ohio and a lot of teams in GT Le Mans will focus on the 24 hours of Le Mans. 
Neil Alberico sits behind the wheel of the number four. They did not change tires, which means he will have, we'll call it warmer Michelin tires as he heads back out. And that will allow him to get up to speed a little bit quicker. Cold sticker tires right now, I would think, would be an absolute handful as Alberico yeah. heads down pit lane. you got to measure that time in and out. And this is where the crews really have it down and they're looking at their data and they've got everything sorted because it's a minimum two and a half minute pit stop but you don't want to be two minutes and 31 seconds you want to be two minutes and 30 point something you want it that close because every inch around mid ohio matters dakota dickerson in the 54 your leader through the keyhole one more time closing in on the four that just left pit lane as we said, Neil Alberico, though, will have warmer Michelin tires, even though they sat for two and a half minutes on pit lane in the mandatory stop. And Austin McCusker, now, you talked about, has he picked up speed? Well, yes, he has picked up speed because he's just set a new fastest lap of the race, 1 minute 21.262. Uh, Dakota Dickerson that set a personal best, the race leader, a 21.5. But all of a sudden, Austin McCusker went three-tenths te- three of a second quicker than that. But the gap between first and second remains 14 seconds. And I'm sure McCusker has been told by his... By his uh, by his pit box. Look, uh, you've got an advantage now. You're on hot tires. Take full advantage of that. Turn some quick laps before you come in and we make the uh, pit stop to hand over to Rodrigo Fluca. Ben Waddell in another of the ANSA Motorsports entries in the number 13 being passed by Austin McCusker. Good to see Ben back in the series ran at Daytona, did not run at Sebring. He ran a a Norma chassis. We talked about how tight the confines are in those cars for Ben Waddell, who's about the size of a linebacker. He literally couldn't get the steering wheel turned a lot because his hands would hit his legs and fits in this Ligier chassis so much better. Sharing that car with Jordan Perois this weekend. New team, new co-driver, but loves the Ligier chassis. Spent time in it last year. It is so much more comfortable in it. Dakota Dickerson now back on the rear wing of the four. And you're going to see the order change here. Obviously, that two-and-a-half-minute pit stop changes the order considerably. And after everybody makes it, then we'll have a better indication of exactly what the order is going to be in the run towards the checkered flag. But one thing is for certain, the 54, at least in the hands of Dakota Dickerson right now, is absolutely flying. Under an hour to go in IMSA Prototype Challenge from the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. 54 minutes and change remain. Dakota Dickerson remains out in front, but pit stop's now happening. That mandatory pit stop. And so the order a bit jumbled right now. Dakota Dickerson now on the rear wing of the number four. Neil Alberico has taken over that chassis from Leo Lamellis. Trying to hold on to that spot. Things will change as they come up on Lance Wilsey in the number 33. Things will change when Dakota Dickerson comes in and does his mandatory pit stop and hands it over to Dylan Murray. And that's where I think that cool, calm, collected mind of Dakota Dickerson needs to make sure that he understands don't throw anything away trying to get past cars that really don't matter right now. You don't want to be held up a lot, 
but at the same point in time, you have to measure the risk-reward. Yeah, you do. That's uh, critical at this stage in the game, certainly, uh, for Dakota. Uh, he's uh, got to make sure he keeps it absolutely clean. And when you step behind someone like Neil Albrucco, these two know each other very, very well. They're both former winners of the Team USA Scholarship, which is a, a young driver scheme that takes youngsters over to Europe to race in Formula Ford at an early stage in their careers. So they're used to driving in these sort of conditions. Uh, and uh, they're used to, they're not really raced against each, uh, each other much because Neil Albrucco is a couple of years ahead of Dakota in terms of the, his racing development. Uh, but at this stage, Dakota knows he's behind a good guy here. And, and Neil Albrico, look, his eyes are on winning this championship with, with Leo Lamellis. Uh, uh, the, the pairing won at Daytona the first round of the championship. Now, the disappointing run that Sebring finished uh, just, at, just at the end of the top 10, which is not what they wanted. But uh, they can rebound here with another strong result. But they finished and they took points yeah. with them. You see some damage to a couple of the cars out there showing the battle scars. The number 12 has some damage as he goes through turn five. Looks like that left front dive plane a bit askew. And pit stops will also give the teams and the crews an opportunity to make mistakes. And obviously some of them have. The number 55 will get a stop plus seven seconds for a short pit stop. And the number two is going to get a penalty for a pit lane speed violation. And the way that pit stop penalty works You'll have to stop and hold for the number of seconds that you were short. So the 55, seven seconds short on their stop, so they'll have to come back down pit road, sit for seven seconds, and then head back to the racetrack. Dakota Dickerson through turn 13 into the carousel one more time. 51 minutes to go. He only has about eight or nine minutes to stay in that car, really about eight minutes to stay in that car. They need to time this perfectly. If they're going to run him right up to the maximum, they're going to have to be smart about when they bring him in. You don't want to run it too close because if he doesn't get across that line and give Dylan Murray the chance to get out of pit lane with 40 minutes to go, then they will run afoul of the rules. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you don't want to risk running out of fuel either. Uh, Austin McCusker, by the way, last time around, said a new fastest lap of the race. The gap, uh, having been out as much as 16 seconds, is now down less to, to less than 12. So Austin McCusker there doing exactly what he needs to do at this stage. And funny you should say less than 12 because the 12 having a problem down the back straightaway, off the pace, Kevin Woods. Cam Cameron Castles very slow past uh, the start-finish line as well, limping towards turn one. Number 75. Oh, well, I guess that'll be... Uh, he's handed over that car, hasn't he, to uh, James French. Woods off the pace. James French seems to have a problem. Dakota Dickerson does not. That car has run flawlessly through 34 laps of competition. And about... Oh, was that Dakota Dickerson just heading into the pit lane? I believe I look out the window of our yeah. booth and... It, fact the leader is on pit road so dakota dickerson's great run is going to come to an end and he'll hand it over to dylan murray i'm sure that as they do the driver change he will tell him exactly what he has felt in the car but for the 75 what they're feeling is no drive right now it looks like it's james french having a problem dylan murray will take over from dakota dickerson top two in the pits different heights there on those two drivers as cameron castle has pulled drivers left left side tires in the grass to stay out of the way as much as possible 
on the short straight between turn one and the keyhole, but that car seems to have lost all drive, and James French sits stranded and frustrated, I would imagine, yeah. on the side of the racetrack here at Mid-Ohio as the leader servicing their pit stop. Tires, Michelin tires laid out. I don't know if they changed them on the 54. And right now, as a driver, if I'm getting in, as long as that Michelin tire has stayed consistent, I'm not sure I would want cold tires on the car. But see a crew member going to work on the left rear. Looks like they've changed the tire there, and he'll move around to the right side and do the same. So... Dylan Murray will have fresh Michelins as he heads out, and that means he's going to have to be very, very careful. They yeah. appear to be scrubbed yes. tires, which is important, yeah. but yeah. cold nonetheless. So they, they've run those tires before just to take, kind of take the edge off them, if you like, to take <laughs> the newness off, off of those tires. So when he goes out there, uh, the tires have already had a little bit of time on the racetrack. But uh, you're right, you know, these Michelin tires, they're super durable. Uh, there's probably no need, particularly on this low low abrasive traffic it's, it's, it's a low grip traffic it's not very abrasive so it's not particularly hard on the tires not uh, anything like as much as many of the other tracks on which these teams race so it'd be a bit of a toss-up as to whether you need to change tires i think who's that is, that's not cameron Cass. that's, cameron. Is it, that's is the is 75 it? james okay. french all oh, right and i'm thinking that perhaps todd snyder who's the race director for prototype challenge really paying close attention to what's going on with the 75. And race control does such a great job in IMSA throughout the various classes of trying to make sure that nobody gets an advantage or a disadvantage with full course cautions. And I think that's what yeah. they're looking at right now, saying well, who is pitted, who is not pitted, and are we going to advantage or disadvantage anybody? And if the car is in a relative safe spot, they may cover it with a local yellow until they've seen pit stop cycle through. Then they'll go full course caution and go. Get yeah, and uh, everybody has had a chance now to make the pit stop. I think actually everybody has been on to pit lane, except for Lance Wilsey, who's in car number 33, and he's elected not to pit. Hey, he's just out there having fun. He, <laughs> he's a, he's a, he was a lap I'm down driving. from the start of the race. Yeah, he's having he's having a blast actually. He's running in about the fifth position right now. Uh, Neil Alberico is uh, will be or will he not be the new leader, depending upon when they come around next time but he, he is now back on the same lap because when you make a pit stop here with that min minimum pit stop time you lose uh, at least two more than two laps around here uh, so now pretty much everybody's back on the same sequence and uh, and uh, lance wilsey uh, he's going to want to he's going to want to stay out there because when it does go yellow he's going to be back on the lead lap so he wants it to go yellow right now 55 with a problem Yes. Nico Rieger behind the wheel. That's turn four where the right. 55 sits stranded. The 40 was Yellow. just in. David Grant has taken over, and now we've gone full course caution. And I think, once again, race control doing a, another spectacular job. If they had needed, because of a, a dire emergency or a dangerous situation on the racetrack, they could have gone immediately. But hats yeah. off to the race director and, and race control to try to manage and make sure that everybody has a fair shot. Indeed so. Uh, and the, the, the yellow is thrown, uh, I'm sure this is no coincidence, directly as the number 54 car of Dylan Murray was coming around the carousel. So he was, in fact, the first car to take 
the uh, the crossed yellow flags on the start finish line uh, and he was only about five seconds ahead of Neil Alberico who'd been charging along there uh, after he, he came he made his pit stop on lap 28 we've now completed lap 36 well, number four car made this bit. So Leo Lamelas handed over to Neil Alberico, and Neil was turning some really good laps there to get himself much closer to the num- car number 54. Uh, by the time this yellow came out, the gap before the round of pit stops was about 15 seconds uh, over the number four car, uh, and it was five seconds as they crossed the line to come up to the full course caution. So uh, this is going to be very interesting on the restart, Dylan. Uh, Murray, he's only had, he, he hasn't had a chance yet to get his Michelin tyres up to proper operating working temperatures, whereas Neil has. So uh, that's going to be very interesting on the restart. Neil, you know, the tyres are going to cool down considerably, but Neil might have, Neil Albrico in car number four, in second place, might have a little bit of, of an advantage. And uh, the number 47 car, now Rodrigo Fluca at the wheel, he came out considerably, considerably behind the car number four. You'll remember, on lap 28, when the number four car came into the pits, it was ahead of the number 47. The number 47 stayed out for another seven laps before making its pit stop. And during that time, Alberico was able to turn some really quick laps and emerge ahead of the number 47 car once it had made its pit stop as well. We'll have a great 40-plus minute sprint to the checkered flag. Hopefully no full course cautions when we go back to green here at Mid-Ohio. Full course caution for the stranded car of 55, Nico Rieger. Also the 75 of James French. Safety crews getting those cars out of the way. And after pit stops, we know the order that we're going to see the battle and the run to the checkered flag. It's Dylan Murray who's taken over from Dakota Dickerson aboard the 54. The Ligier chassis was so impressive in the hands of Dakota Dickerson. But what this full course caution shows us, Jeremy, is it doesn't matter how big your lead is, it can all go away in the blink of the eye when that yellow flag comes out and the safety car enters the racing surface. Yeah, very true. But uh, certainly a great call there by the number 33 team, Sean Creech Motorsports, to keep uh, Lance Wilsey out there uh, f- until this full course caution came because he, he was up into the f- sixth position right now. He'd just been overtaken uh, by Ben Waddell right before the caution period came out in car number 13. That's another of the uh, Ansa Motorsports cars but uh, he will now be able to make his pit stop. He'll fall to the back of the train of cars on the lead lap, but that's only back to 11th place. And where he was running before was back in 20th, a whole lap down. So he's going to be able to make that pit stop. Well, how long is the minimum pit stop time? Two and a half minutes. So... Yeah, it's going to be close. As I'm going to let you do the he math. Can, he the can time make the pit stop because that is around a, a about the time that it takes uh, for the safety car to do a lap here under full course caution. So he might be able uh, to, to to just about re- remain on the lead lap. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Safety so crews, safety crews tucking the stranded car, the 75 of James French away, and it has been so wet here in Central Ohio. Over the last week or so, just absolute treacherous conditions that the drivers have driven in over the last two days. Dry today, but once again, if you leave the racetrack, you're going to experience the mud and the wet grass. There's nothing anybody can do about that. This is the hand that Mother Nature dealt. They tucked the 55 of Nico Rieger away as 
well as the 75 of James French and the accurate NSX pace car out in front again at Mid-Ohio. Just over 41 minutes to go. And with the cars off the racetrack, I would anticipate lights going out on the safety car this time by. How treacherous is it? You can even get a golf cart stuck. That's how wet it has been around mid-Ohio over the past week. But the thing that's great is the stalwart fans, they came out anyway and have stayed. And that's what you see, a great group of race fans from not only central Ohio, but around the entire Midwest always come to this racetrack. And as I said earlier, it's sleeping bags are not uncommon because of all the camping that's done here. It is a little uncommon in May to be holed up in your sleeping bag in your chair sitting on one of the mounds watching cars go by, but it is quite cold here today, and it's not getting any warmer. Hey, Brian, they come from farther afield from just local states. I, I met some people the other the other evening from uh, from California who came out here to watch these races. So there's people here from all over the place, and uh, this is uh, some good hot. The, 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 it might be cool temperature, but it's certainly hot on-track action. I think we've got an enthralling, what, it'll be 35 minutes or so to go in the final stages of this race with Dylan Murray in car number 54 for MLT Motorsports. Which remember, that's that team's only second-ever race since being formed by Dr. Mike Thompson and uh, they are looking here to come away with a maiden victory whereas Neil Alberico in second place for Ansa Motorsports he's looking for his second win of the season in third place is uh, Rodrigo Fluca uh, he's uh, sharing that car with Austin McCusker they this season have had two second place finishes so you know they know that uh, consistency is what pays off in, champ- in the championship at the end of the day so big picture wise if they can maintain a podium finish on every outing, that would be uh, give them a very, very good chance of winning the championship. You call 49 degrees cool. I call that cold. Lights off on the safety car. will be going green momentarily. Acura NSX safety car pulls away out of turn 13. Dylan Murray now is going to get his chance behind the wheel of the 54. That car had been absolute magic in the hands of Dakota Dickerson. Murray with a good run off the carousel has left a car length or two in front of Neil Alberico as they head into turn one. But now the battle is going to be even more intense inside 40 minutes to go. And I need to correct myself because I, I we talked about the number 33 car needing to make its pit stop and the, the advantage, potential advantage of making it under yellow or that you can't make a pit stop under yellow in this championship. I've forgotten about that because precisely because of that because it can give you a huge advantage uh, so he's going to have to do one more lap is uh, Lance Wilsey kind of a 33 before he brings that sixth place car onto pit lane Dylan Murray streaks down the back straight away down into turn four just behind him third car in line Neil Alberico wants desperately to get past the number 11 of Nico Rondé Rondé a lap down but Rondé saying, hey, if I can get past the car in front of me, I'm back on the lead lap. I'm not going to just hand this to you. But what that's allowing Dylan Murray to do in that orange, white, and purple 54 is pull away a little bit. And Alberico saying, hey, I need to go, not only so I can get up there to that battle, but I've got the 47 of Rodrigo Fluker just behind me. And this is championship implications. It does. And there's a note on the screen here, incident involving car number 47 and number 12 under review. Not sure what that would have been. 
was not aware that there had been an incident with the 47 and the 12. And you talk about championship implications. If there's a problem for the 47 and he would have to do a drive-through penalty, that would be big, big news yeah. for the number four. Certainly would. Complexion of the championship could change very, very quickly. Anything can change at Mid-Ohio very quickly. Nico Rondé, the second car in the order, the number 11, once again, a lap down, but showing good pace, has actually pulled away from Neil Alberico just a bit and right up on the rear wing of the 54. Yeah, and certainly for a young Dylan Murray here, just doing an excellent job at the wheel of that MLT Ligier car number 54, that uh, orange and white car uh, is out front here. It's been out front uh, convincingly through the opening stint with Dakota Dickerson at the wheel, and now Dylan Murray, uh, young as he is, uh, is uh, doing the job there, just 17 years of age from coming in Georgia. His dad, of course, David, a hugely experienced and very successful racer in his own right. He shared the car with Dylan at Sebring uh, last time out, but uh, the team has decided to get another young hot shoe in the car for this weekend and presumably for the rest of the season. Dakota Dickerson absolutely lived up to expectations there. The other car that is dropped back a little bit is Rodrigo Fluker. He is the fifth car in the order. He's got the 52 the lap car of Scott Huffaker in front of him. But I wonder, Jeremy, if what we're seeing is what we saw earlier after a full course caution, and that is the Michelin seem to come up to temp and pressure better on the Ligier chassis, uh, quicker, I should say, and it takes the Normas a little bit longer to find the balance because Rodrigo Fluker has dropped back. And gets some has. laps, yeah. some green flag laps. We'll see if that balance changes but Dylan Murray able to stay out in front and the 11 of Nico Rondé has been able to stay between Murray and Neil Alberico as the 86 has a little off course excursion Dave House into the keyhole and this is one of the things we talked about you can get your brakes up to temperature a lot quicker than you can get your tires up to temperature and under heavy braking if you've got great brakes but no ability to find grip in the tire because it's still cold that can be a problem it's a big old slide there for dave uh, entering the keyhole did a good job to keep it under control not spin the car and go in there backwards to be able to get it pointing forwards again and run through the gravel david house he's one of my heroes that guy he's uh, believe it or not 76 years of age i don't think you mind me saying that uh, he's a, a former executive at, at intel uh, just a super enthusiast heli skiing is one of his other hobbies oh, by the way oh uh, and he's just a great guy uh, and uh, paul lahay by the way with whom he shares the car he's no spring chicken either at 63 See, so I a like combined those age guys. Combined age of 139. I, like I love guys. it. Absolutely love it. I think we need to have a master class. Yeah, a master master class. Yeah, a master master class. <laughs> yeah, you get to a certain point and then it becomes master master. I'm with you. Dylan Murray beginning to get more comfortable in the 54. You have to go out and learn this racetrack. It's like playing on a golf course. You could have played on it yesterday when it was dry, but if it rained overnight, the complexion of the racetrack, the nuances of it change a little bit. And it's going to take Dylan Murray and all these drivers who just got in on that pit stop a couple of laps to find the balance and some pushing and shoving there in turn five. You saw the 70, very aggressive Jonathan George, very experienced driver. A little push, a little shove. 
Yeah, and he's, uh, that car remains a couple of laps down after the early spin for Joel Janko. But uh, for Jonathan George, he's looking for, for bronze cup points in this race. Rodrigo Fluker is going the wrong direction. When I look, at, he continues to seem to drop off the back a little bit. But the other car going the wrong direction... Did I see the four yes, drop behind the 52? You did. That's right. That's Scott Huffaker. Oh, and the leader lockup into the keyhole. Just saw a lot of tire smoke from Dylan Murray. Seems to have gotten the tires rolling, modulated the brake pedal to keep those Michelins turning. But lockup into the keyhole, you cannot throw a win away. I've done that, so I know how that works. <laughs> Got to stay patient, have to stay focused, especially under these treacherous conditions. But what happened to Neil Alberico? He's dropped back behind the 52. He has. Uh, and Scott Huffaker, he's another young charger who's going to make a name for himself in this sport uh, moving forward. I think he's driving car number 52. He's taken over from uh, Chris Arcanacho. Uh, he's a 19-year-old from Menlo Park in California in the Bay Area. And uh, Scott has a lot of talent. He's a lap down, unfortunately, but he just said that car's fastest lap of the race and he, he's that last lap was only about a tenth of a second slower than our race leader Dylan Murray so he's made that move past Neil Alberico uh, he like the number uh, 11 car of Nico Rondé who's right ahead of him those two both from middle California nowadays by the way uh, they know each other quite well I think through the sim raceway school which uh, Nico has been the chief instructor for a long long time so they're both battling and hoping to try and find a way past Dylan Murray. We've got to catch him first to get back on the lead lap. Well, and Dylan just needs to relax, take a breath. And I always tell my boys this because they're big baseball players. The pitcher throws you a strike. It's gone by you. It's in the catcher's mitt. That one's done. Yeah. You have to focus on the next one. You make a mistake as a race car driver in a corner. That corner is literally and figuratively behind you. You have to focus forward on what's down the racetrack. Dylan needs to understand he's still quick. He pulled out and extended his lead over Neil Alberico, and I'm sure his dad is on the radio with him. David, super experienced driver, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He's probably spotting around the racetrack somewhere saying, take a deep breath. It's all Look, good. You've got two blocker cars in between you and Neil, yeah. and we got 31 minutes to go. Uh, absolutely. And even with that lockup up at the keyhole, he still said his best lap so far to Dylan Murray, our race leader, 121. Point eight eight two. That was the fastest lap of anybody last time around. So he's uh, he's keeping his head down. Yeah, it might have been a lockup, but he had, I think he had that car well under control, and he's extending his lead over the second place car of Neil Alberico. IMSA Prototype Challenge so competitive. Will we see the third different winning combination at Mid Ohio in three races in 2019? We'll have to find out. One of the Ansa Motorsports cars off in the grass. I'm can't tell exactly who that is down turn six down at the bottom of the hill strange place to be off the racetrack it's car number two michael klemecki the problem is we've seen this twice today off in the grass even not making contact with anything without a mechanical issue sometimes it's hard to get back to the racing surface we'll see if Michael Klemicki can get his number two, Ligier, back towards the racetrack. 
certainly. Michael Klemecki sharing that car with John Brownson, both of those two veteran campaigners in the kind of forerunner of the LMP3 category that has now become the IMSA Prototype Challenge. It used to be called Prototype Lights back in the day. Both of those two raced those Prototype Lights cars for many, many years. Both of them had a lot of success. Actually, John Brownson was a champion last year, even though he's at well over retirement age as well, by the way. Uh, but uh, you know, they're both those two having a lot of fun. They go still in uh, Dylan Murray around the outside of one of the slower cars. That's Dave House recovering from his uh, earlier uh, excursion. Great battles continue around Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course, and Dylan Murray in the 54 continues to lead. IMSA Prototype Challenge, such a great training ground for stars of tomorrow's sports car racing, and we're seeing the young guns behind the wheel right now up front. Dylan Murray leading, then Neil Alberico, Rodrigo Fluker in third, Anthony Simone fourth, Ben Waddell with a brand new team, brand new co-driver, first time in the Ligier chassis this year, running fifth. And Neil Alberico yeah. trying to get past the lap car, the 52 and the 47. He got past both of them out of the keel, and that is good news for Alberico. I'm not sure it's good news for Dylan Murray, your leader. Yeah, we will see, but uh, certainly Dylan's running a nice pace at the front. He's now settled into uh, mid-22s, but uh, last time around, uh, Neil Alberico was down in the 21s, 21-7 for him. The yellow flags. Okay, full yellow course flags. caution. Well, uh, the other guy who's on the move, by the way, right now is uh, number sixty. That's Tony's Kazimitz. He's taken over from Bruce Hamilton. He's up into the sixth position. He uh, made uh, made a couple of passes since the restart, and he's closing in on uh, Ben Waddell in that number thirteen car. That's kind of a sixty for the Wolver Racing uh, Ligier for Tony's Kazimitz from originally from Estonia. As we're watching a replay here of Neil Alberico past the yeah. 52, and there is a, I don't know if it was off of one of those cars or on the racetrack. It looked like a dive plane picked up and kicked up under full course caution from Mid Ohio. Once again, Mother Nature kind of dealing a raw hand to these drivers who leave the circuit. Dylan Murray did not want to see the number two car off in turn six and stranded in the grass. That brings out the full course caution. Very slick down there as Michael Klemecki just offline a little bit, getting into the throttle on that V8 power behind him. That spun the car. On a normal day, what he did to leave the racetrack and try to rejoin would not have been a problem. This is not a normal day. It's not a normal weekend. It has not been a normal week or so in central Ohio with all the rain we've had. What looked to be innocent brought out the full course caution. Klamicki just stuck in the mud, the muck, and the tall grass down in turn six. Yes, this is our third uh, full course caution. Of course, we had one right at the start. We had one at lap 36. And now we're on uh, 47 laps completed and about 27 minutes remaining. So... Dylan Murray, what's the crew saying to him on the radio right now? Do exactly what you're doing. Focus forward. Do what you're doing. Try to keep as much temp in the tires as you can and in the brakes. And I don't believe on this restart he has any lap traffic between himself and Neil Alberico. Both Ligier chassis for Dylan Murray and Neil Alberico. Seems like we've seen those chassis been able to generate tire temp a little bit quicker better on the restarts 
than the Norma. Rodrigo Fluker, who sits third in the number 47 in the Norma chassis. But let's go back to championships. Mm -hmm. The number four, second in the championship. The number 47 leads the championship. Safety car is in. And back around for a restart. The tail of the 54, a little slide as Dylan Murray jumps in the throttle coming off the carousel. And so, what does he have? Well, there is still one, the car. one car. Yeah, the number 11 car, Nico Ronde. He's still in between the leader and the second place car of Neil Albrucco. Neil wants past. He's going to look up at the inside, up into the keyhole. Is he close enough to make a dive down the inside? No, he isn't. Oh, but Ronde, sensing that that car is there, does not close down on the apex. Stays off just a little bit, makes sure that contact doesn't happen, but gets a good run down the straightaway. And Nico Ronde is not going to give up easily. He's a lap down, and he feels like if he could just catch the leader, maybe he can get back on the lead lap. And now Alberico side-by-side side with Ronde through turn four, clears him, and now has clear sailing to Dylan Murray. 25 minutes to go. Dylan Murray trying to hold on, trying to bring home a victory for he and co-driver Dakota Dickerson. But right behind him, Neil Albarico's thinking, we need a win, and I need to move forward in this championship. Yeah, indeed. This is going to be really interesting now. Now, Nico Ronde, how tough a customer is he going to be for the 47 of Fluker? And Fluker actually well, has two cars yes. to get past. Ronde and also the 52 of Scott Huffaker. That's exactly right. Of course, the number 52 car, he is battling with Nico Ronde uh, for the 11th position now. They're both one lap down. They would like not to be one lap down. They're going to hope, I think, that uh, Neil Albrico can get up to, to challenge Dylan Murray and perhaps take them both out, uh, and then they will be back on the lead lap. And really, I would think three different strategies for the top three right now. If I'm talking to Dylan Murray on the radio, I'm saying focus forward, do what you can do. If I'm talking to Neil Alberico, I'm saying, hey, we're sitting good in the championship right now. I know you want to win this race, and let's win it if we can. But the leader in the championship is behind you and right now has two lap cars in between. Focus forward, see what you can do as Lance Wilsey has Oops. a problem down in the keyhole. But let's not throw this away. If I'm talking to Rodrigo Fluker, I'm saying, dude, you've got to go. Get those tires up to pressure and temperature. We've talked about the Norma seeming to take a little longer to get its legs back underneath him. But you've got to be aggressive. You've got to take this fight to Neil Alberico. The championship depends yeah. on it. Well, yeah, it's still a long way. There's still yeah, two more races to go after this weekend. Uh, but uh, no, three more races to go. This, yeah. is, uh, this, this is, is the halfway, halfway point in the season. So, you know, at this point, he's certainly not going to risk anything, is Alberico, uh, because he knows that uh, Dylan Murray having not raced the first round of the championship, is not in contention yep. for the championship as Lance Wilson's car remains stuck out there in, yeah. the, uh, in, the, in the dirt and the and dust. I'm and I'm afraid we may run. be seeing a replay of the Michael Klemicki deal, and that mm. is, and we saw the same thing with Stephen McAleer. And Neil Alberico has just turned the fastest lap of the race, 1 minute 20.588. Dylan Murray himself turned his best lap, in fact, that car's best lap of the race, at a 121.33, so quicker even than Dakota Dickerson did in that brilliant opening stint. But Neil Alberico in second place. He's closed that gap down to, well, it was a second as they crossed the line. It's a lot less than that as they head down into the S's. 22 and a half minutes thereabouts to go. Lance Wilsey still sits stranded at the exit of the keel. 
if I'm Dylan Murray, I might want to run one more lap like this and then say, I think the 33 is in a dangerous place. Maybe another full course caution would work because that 54 seems to be so strong on restarts. If I'm Neil Alberico, I'm saying, nah, the 33 is fine. Let's not worry about it. Alberico definitely taking the fight to Dylan Murray. And the full course caution is out for Lance Wilsey. And Dylan Murray can take a breath. It has been this good since the drop of the green. Battles all around this racetrack, and it is far from over. Full course caution with 22 minutes to go from mid-Ohio. We said this earlier from the mid-Ohio sports car course and IMSA prototype challenge. Mother Nature has dealt the safety crew workers kind of a raw hand. They have been probably busier than they have ever been on a weekend like this, pulling cars not out of tire barriers, not out of gravel traps, but just out of tall, wet, muddy grass. All the rain that we have had here has hampered the ground crew's ability to keep the grass mowed. To I mean, you can't even drive a lawnmower into the grass right now. We've seen golf carts stuck. And so the drivers are just having to deal with it, and that was almost a big, big problem, and that is a serious, serious no-no. It's the number 12, yeah, Tim Mosier. Yeah, one of the Sim Raceway cars. And Tim Mosier, he's a long-time yeah. instructor there at Sim Raceway, Raceway School. You wouldn't have expected him to make a mistake like that. But having said that, he hasn't raced for an awful long time not sure when the last time he did a race was prior to Sebring, which was his debut, along with Kevin Woods in that number 12 car. Just as a safety worker, don't want to see That's something like naughty. that. That's you know naughty. the car is down there. There's a waving yellow. The full course caution is out. You've got to be cognizant of where safety workers are and stranded cars are. And wouldn't surprise me if uh, there was a conversation with Tim after no, the race by the race be. director. And particularly for Tim, like I say, he, he, okay, he hasn't raced for a long, long time. I think he did one race in something about 10 years ago. But other than that, it was a lot longer than that. Back in the old Barber Dodge Pro Series days. You'll remember that. Uh, where, uh, <laughs> no, no, where no. He lost I'm bar- I was the Barber, barber Saab, Saab yes, so indeed. I was even before that. Although, That's how old I am. Yeah. <laughs> You and I raced, did one of those yeah, races together exactly. a long, long time ago. Exactly. Uh, you were in a different league to me, that's for sure. But uh, Tim Moser there, like I say, hugely experienced, hasn't raced much lately, but uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an instructor at the, uh, well, should I even mention the school there? Probably shouldn't at this stage. But it's the Simulation Road Motorsport team, and yeah, let's put it that way. Uh, and uh, Tim has uh, lost, he's, well, he's lost the, uh, the engine in that yes, car. He hasn't, he hasn't he's stalled it, and apparently can't, doesn't seem to be able to refire it either, which is odd. They, yeah. These cars have onboard starters. And I know that at, for Tim, as you said, a very experienced driver. Now we've got two prototypes, and my concern is with the safety vehicle and the prototype sitting there in the keel, are they going to block the racetrack when the rest of the field comes through that is coming through turn one right now and then just down the short straight to where this is? Perhaps they could push him out of the way, but the safety vehicle is going to need to get out of the way. And the racetrack almost blocked. The safety vehicle needs to be cognizant of where – Lance Wilson in the 33 is. They now have a lane around the outside for the field to go by. But, uh, you know, for Dylan Murray, I'm not sure this is bad. <laughs> He's sitting there going, yeah, take your time, guys. Take your time. Yeah. But uh, as I was going to say about Tim, perhaps the race director doesn't even need to have a conversation. Tim's having a conversation with Tim uh, right yes. now. Yes, he certainly is. Uh, 
By the way, just before the uh, the caution flags came out, on, in fact, on the lap before the caution came out, Tony Kazimitz, we were talking about him just before uh, in car number 60, he found a way past Ben Waddell. So Tony Kazimitz in car number 60 for Wolver Racing, taking over that car from Bruce Hamilton. Has spun, has moved up. I should say, excuse me. Sorry, Tony's. He's, spun <laughs> up, he's moved up to fifth position now in car number sixty. And Tony's, he's been around this sport a long, oh, long time. Like he's I said, driven everything. Uh, driven absolutely everything. Indy cars, prototype sports cars, you name it. Not an awful lot because he never really had the, had the money. He's he's made a career out of this himself. He's 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 makes a career now primarily as a driver coach. He works obviously with Bruce Hamilton, but many other drivers as well, including the uh, Paps Racing team in the Cooper Tires USF 2000 Championship and the uh, and w- whatever series that team does as well, and uh, with uh, the Cahill Motorsports team as well. But Tony's he set fastest lap at Daytona, uh, driving on his debut in this car. Uh, and so he's, he knows he's fast. He's got a, he's got a good car underneath him, and he is looking for a, a strong result here. He's now in the top five, uh, and he's got a few lapped cars in between himself and the leaders. But this is going to be fun. This is going to be awesome. 17 minutes to go from mid-Ohio, and the way they're lining up in front, there are all kinds of stories to tell, and we will tell them when we go back to green. Acura NSX safety car through the carousel one more time as they continue to work with Tim Mosier's Ligier that's stranded down in the keyhole. They'll get him off the access road and should be able to go back to green this next time by. But let's talk about stories. Right now, Dylan Murray leads. He's not in the championship hunt. He and his co-driver, Dakota Dickerson, they want to win for pride and for their resume. Right behind him, Neil Alberico, he is in the championship hunt. They sit second, he and Leo Lomelis. They want to finish in front of the 47, Rodrigo Fluker, who's right behind them. So those guys are going to be going for it. They've got championship aspirations. Anthony Simone right behind them. He did not have a good run at Sebring. He wants to make amends for that. He's looking for a good finish. And then Tony's Kazmitz right behind him. He wants to show everybody that, you know what? I can still get this done. And so you know he's going to be aggressive. And he's very, very quick in anything that he drives. Ben Waddell there in sixth. A brand new team back in the Ligier chassis. He's feeling good. He's put in a great drive. It is going to get, not like it hasn't been exciting, but it is going to get real exciting for that 15-minute run to the checkered flag. It, it absolutely is. And the car behind them as well, two cars behind behind Ben Waddell, Scott Andrews, who's very, very quick, a young Australian who came over here several years ago, won the F1600 Championship Championship well, four or five years ago now, has been kind of struggling to get a, a toehold in the professional ranks. But he's got this opportunity with uh, JDC Motorsports and with Jerry Crowd. He's got that car, uh, car number nine, in seventh place. Behind him, Alex Barron. We've already talked about Alex Barron, uh, former IndyCar race winner, uh, former Atlantic champion, you name it. Uh, Alex Barron has done it. And great to see him back in this sport after a very lengthy absence. Does a lot of coaching these days. Fair bit of driving as well. Maybe not in race conditions other than the IMSA Prototype Challenge, but uh, Alex Barron, he's going to give it a go here Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Max Hanratty, David Grant, they're still on the lead lap as well. So you've got 10 cars on the lead lap. Yeah, there's some lap cars in between. 15 minutes to go, and this is going to be a dash to the checkered flag. Lights out on the NSX safety car. Dylan Murray, he's had some great restarts, and the 54 has seemed to be very good on those cold tires after the restarts. He checks everybody up a little bit in the throttle of that V8. 
onto the front straightaway. Green flag flies. Racing again at wow. Mid-Ohio. It's going to get good. And a great restart by Neil Alberica, but not quite enough oh. to a challenge going into turn one. Murray, a little wiggle there. The Michelin's not up to temperature yet. A little wiggle in one. Alberico's going to get a run down into the keel. What can he do with it? Tries to squeeze Murray down to the inside. Murray slides out oh. just a little bit. That was a bit naughty. That was a bit naughty. That was the number 11 car, Nico Ronde, running to the back of Alberico in the middle of the corner. That was not necessary. That's a car that's a lap down his car number 11. He didn't need to do that. And that certainly would have compromised Neil Alberico's exit to the keyhole. And Alberico looking to the inside again. And once again, the 11, the 52, the third and fourth cars in the order are a lap down, but they're trying to hold on. That's Nico Ronde, Scott Huffaker. And they are a problem for the 47 yeah. just behind him, Rodrigo Fluker, and they were almost a problem for Neil Alberico with that contact. Yeah, and uh, that, having uh, tapped the back of Alberico's car at the keyhole, uh, then Ronde was defending, well, robustly, let's say, go down the back straight to make sure there was no way through on the inside for the youngster Scott Huffaker. Murray with a little slide over the hill in the braking zone into the carousel. Gets the power down onto the front straightaway across the line. 0.8 seconds. That was it. That's his lead over Neil Alberico. Alberico hungry right now, looking for that race win. They were 15th at Daytona, second at Sebring. They want the win. They want the lead in this championship. They're going to have to get past Dylan Murray in the 54 to do it. They are, and uh, Tony Skazimitz, we've been talking about him. He's up one more position. He's found a way uh, past. Actually, he's up... Uh, yeah, one position because uh, he was already past the number 13 car of Ben Waddell. He's now also past Anthony Simone. So Tony's Kazbitz, the car number 60, up into fourth position. And this is not what Rodrigo Fluker needs to see. The 60 of Kazbitz around the outside Excellent of turn move. four. We've talked about that Norma chassis just seems to take a little longer today to get back up to speed on the restart. And for the 60 of Tonis Kazimitz, he's been able to pounce. He is moving forward. Really good first uh, restart that there for Dylan Murray, and he's managed to extend a little bit of a lead over Al Brico. Doesn't have an awful lot of experience, perhaps, David Murray, but you wouldn't know from the way he is driving this number 54 car for MLT Motorsports. So impressed with Dylan right now, and you know that Neil Alberico is going to get the call on the radio saying, Fluker has lost another position. We're good. He's lost another position. Bring it home. Be smart, win if you can, but be smart. We're sitting good. When you look at drivers' resumes, do you look for race wins or do you look for championships? I look for championships, and that's hard to sell to a young driver looking for that win, wanting to drink the champagne and stand on the top step. But it's championships, in my mind, that move you along, and so you got to be smart right now and think of those terms. Yeah, there's uh, a lot to be thinking about at this stage, but certainly for Alberico, you know, he wants that championship for sure. And uh, he knows, as we said all along, that uh, Murray is not in contention for the championship. And if we stay right now with Alberico in second place, that'll be 32 points. Rodrigo Fluker in fourth place on 28. That'll be a four-point swing. Uh, the margin between them coming into this weekend, McCusker and Fluker and Lamellas and Alberico was uh, eight points. So that would halve the gap with half the season remaining. Inside 11 minutes to go. Dylan Murray, it was 
.87 seconds the first time by, .88 seconds the last time by, so he was able to pick up a hundredth of a second. What will he have this time as he exits the carousel? Looks like he's been able to extend it a little bit. And in fact, he did, 0.6 seconds. So he's gained a little bit over Neil Alberico. I'm sure, once again, his crew on the radio saying, focus forward, do what you're doing. Give me some qualifying laps right now as they close in on the 10-minute mark from mid-Ohio. He's turning some good laps also. That's uh, Jonathan George, car number 70. He's a couple of laps down, having taken over uh, from... Joel Janko had that spin early on in the race, but he's turned some really good laps. So he's he's in the thick of that battle that, that is for sort of fourth, fifth, and sixth overall in this race uh, in car number 70. Even though he's in 16th place, 15th place himself, a couple of laps off the pace, but turned some really good laps. Tonis Kazimitz up to third, but he'll have to work past two lap cars to get to the rear wing of Neil Alberico. Jonathan George in the 70. The black, blue, and yellow prototype up and over turn five, trying to put pressure on the nine just in front of Scott Andrews. Jonathan George down a lap, as you said, but showing what he can do. And a lot of data being gathered, too, that perhaps they can take with them as they move forward in this championship. Three rounds to go once we leave mid-Ohio. This is the halfway mark in the IMSA Prototype Challenge 2019 season. Nine minutes to go from Mid-Ohio in IMSA Prototype Challenge Championship. Dylan Murray holding on to his lead just 1.3 seconds in front of Neil Alberico. Alberico, his teammate, Leo Lamellis, looking for their first win of 2019. And it has been a hard-fought battle. And there have been battles all throughout this 23-car field. We've seen them all day long in challenging conditions. At least four full-course cautions, so that's four restarts plus the original start. And these conditions have caught some very experienced drivers out. When you look through the field, back in 16th, you see Stephen McAleer, fourth in the championship standings, coming into mid-Ohio, spun in the first turn at the start, high-sided in the grass, lost a couple of laps, and that has really thrown a wrench into his championship hopes not able to make up those laps here and sit 16th right now. Yeah, he's going to lose a lot of ground in the championship, that's for, for absolute sure. Uh, Dylan Murray, meanwhile, the pressure is on him now. Inside 10 minutes remaining in this race, but he's just turned his best lap of the race, 1 minute 20.980. Comes across the line to complete lap 59. He's quicker again at 20.7, but behind him, Neil Alberico, a new fastest lap of the race, a 1 minute 20.416 for car number 4. It is not over far from it seven and a half minutes to go it was 1.3 seconds one lap ago at the line the gap between Dylan Murray and Neil Alberico just 0.99 this time by and I know that that sounds like minuscule amounts but for a driver when you know that you're closing in a couple of tenths at a time a couple of tenths at a time it kind of ignites a fire in you and gives you that drive forward Alberico the bit in his teeth he can see the rabbit in front of him he wants it and for Dylan Murray he's got to be thinking I've got just a few more laps just a few more laps a minute and 20 each lap I've got five more laps maybe around this racetrack catching me is one thing passing me is something entirely different yeah no kidding 
but uh, this is it's a fascinating contest inside seven minutes now so about another uh, four laps probably for these cars maybe even five uh, but uh, Dylan Murray has, has answered the call here he's extended his lead a little bit on this lap they come across the stripe it was just less than a second last time around it's now one point come on scoring no, he lost two one hundred. No, 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 no. The scoring's gone wrong. The scoring's gone it's wrong. Missed oh it, yeah, yeah, that's right. It has it's Tony's Kazimitz as our leader now. Missed it, but um, yeah, one point two is the correct answer. So a really good lap, and again, actually a new fastest lap of the race into the nineteens. A nineteen point seven oh three for Dylan Murray. Wow, that is really impressive. Dylan Murray looks like perhaps the rear tire is beginning to go just a little bit. A lot of wheel spin a little loose off the corner. <laughs> Up and over the hill, and Alberico is there. is there. Yeah, Alberico, he turned his best lap last time around. Remember, he set the fastest lap of the race last time around, but uh, he's got good consistency here. How, how consistent can Dylan be? At, uh, at such a young age, I remind you, just 17 years of age. His birthday is in September, but you wouldn't know it. He's driving like a veteran here is Dylan Murray in the lead of this race. Dylan Murray seems to be a little quicker through, like, turn 11, and perhaps Alberico a little better under the brakes. And looking in the cockpit through the carousel, Alberico looks like he's working on a speed bag in a boxing gym, hands moving back and forth on the wheel, battling as much as he can. He perhaps lost just a little bit there out of the carousel but he had been able to close in he's trying to find a weakness somewhere in Dylan Murray and that 54 Ligier in front of him looking for a way Murray a little bobble off of the keyhole that time talk about the rear tires the Michelins on the 54 that car seems to be just perhaps a little bit more loose than Alberico in the four just behind down the straightaway one more time. This is where Alberico's been good. Under brakes, down into four. That's where he seems to close up. Watch the gap and see how it either extends or contracts through four, five, and six. Now Alberico up on the curbs in four, a little bit loose. We're inside five minutes now to go, and uh, lap times are... Well, it was, a lot, it was a slow one last time around with that uh, slight lockup for Dylan. He lost, cost, cost himself a little bit of time, but he's not too... He certainly isn't flustered right now. He's maintaining a really, really good focus here. And he's maintaining that gap. He's actually extended a little bit on this lap over Neil Alberico. Seems like Dylan Murray just a little bit better in the tighter sections, the back portion of this racetrack. Neil Alberico has dropped back a little bit. 1.3 seconds. Lost six tenths of a second this time by. That has allowed Dylan Murray to just jump out. I don't know if he had a problem, if Alberico had a problem in the carousel. It didn't look that big, but that was six-tenths of a second loss right there. And now Dylan Murray having to work with a little bit of lap traffic in front. But this is going to be good. This could be big, Jeremy. Alberico seems to continue to be dropping back a little bit. I don't know if he has a problem, but Dylan Murray is going to be able to put that lap car between himself and Neil Alberico, or is he not? Great move there on the part of the 86 to say, I don't want any part of this, guys. I'm going to stay out of the way. Dave House, you talked about his experience. He said, boys, have at it. 
<laughs> yeah, you're right there. Uh, he's uh, he's been around the sport. He'll, he'll be paying attention to what's going on around him, certainly with Will Dave, and he lets those uh, leaders get on with it. But uh, Neil Arbery, I wonder whether he's just kind of settled, going to settle for a second. It looked like he might be coming under pressure again from that lapped car of a Nico Ronde, but he's put a little bit of daylight in between himself in car number four and the number 11 on this lap. But with only uh, two and a half minutes remaining, it'll be this lap, and then it'll be white flag next time. Around. Be awfully close, actually. I think it'd be it's white gonna be flag next time. It's going to be very close. It's going to be within seconds. Dylan wants it to be the white flag next time by. Neil Alberico's thinking, give me just one more. Been able to close down just a little bit that time was Neil Alberico. Where he seems to be magic is at the end of the back straightaway and in the braking zone. Perhaps running a little more trimmed out aerodynamically, maybe a little more straight line. But if he's running less aero, I would expect the car to not be as good in the braking zone because he doesn't have that aerodynamic downforce. Let's see if he's able to close again on Dylan Murray at well, the end of the back straight. Last time around, Neil, Neil Alberico in Cullen before turned his best lap at the race, 1 minute 19. Uh, point eight. Also into the 19s, by the way, is Scott Andrews in car number nine. He's also has found a way past Ben Waddell. So car number nine uh, for uh, JDC Motorsports, that enormous chassis is up into sixth position. One minute, 33 seconds, 30 seconds yet to go from mid-Ohio. We're going to have to see where he comes across the line. Yeah. They've been running 119 lap times. And now we've got a car off the 23 oh, off, trying no. to get restarted That's and back underway. That's a car, Anthony Simone. Murray, white flag at the line. One lap to go for Dylan Murray. He's trying to go around the side of Dave House, kind of gets perhaps dropped a wheel there and hit the curbing, and maybe that's what spit the 23 around. But for Dylan Murray... He's got but one lap to go. He's got to keep Neil Alberico behind him. Focus forward and bring this win home for he and Dakota Dickerson and the team. MLT Motorsports. They've put a great car under these two youngsters this weekend throughout challenging conditions. Dylan Murray, Dow, down the back straightaway. One final time. Alberico, a little bit later on the brakes. Everything he can, leaving nothing on the table. He's just at the purple sector time in the first <laughs> part of this race, right? Getting into turn four, the fastest of all for Neil Alberico. But as they go past, and good, good call here for the officials. I'm sure the yellow flags were waving down there, but just single yellow flags. Everybody knows that car is there. They can uh, steer clear around it, and hopefully there won't be any other dramas. I think that's a great call by the officials here. And we're going to be a... a, a dice up to the last couple of corners. Neil Alberico, as I said, leaving nothing on the table. The car sliding through the corners, but Dylan Murray, that 54 has been planted all day in the hands of Dakota Dickerson. He took it to the lead early on. Dylan Murray is going to take it to the checkered flag and win at Mid-Ohio. Absolutely spectacular job by both of those young drivers and that team. But really hats off through the field as you look through the top five as they come across the line. Dylan Murray takes the victory. Neil Alberico, big day for him and his teammate, Leo Lamellis. They finish in front of the 47, the championship leader. That's going to help them in the championship as we are now at the halfway mark officially. Three down, three to go in 2019. Absolutely great performances by all these drivers. And as I said, under very difficult conditions all weekend long and even today, if you put a wheel off, you were off the racetrack, Jeremy, and we saw what that brought. But 
cool heads by these guys. Not much contact. Lap cars doing a good job of getting out of the battle. Other lap cars being a part of it for guys like Nico Ronde and Scott Huffaker, who had speed, tried to get back on the lap. I think they were pretty much respectful the whole time, although they were a thorn in the side to some of the guys trying to move forward. But really great racing, yep. and that's what the IMSA Prototype Challenge Series is all about. You don't think that Dylan Murray's happy? He wants to do donuts, but he's just sliding the car around. At 17 years old, were you driving a 450-horsepower, 160-plus-mile-an-hour prototype? I know I wasn't. No, very cool indeed. A brilliant performance by both of these two, Dakota Dickerson and Dylan Murray. Uh, hats off to both of them. They've done a, an equally good job here, and they come away with the first victory for this ML team, MLT team. So congratulations to Dr. Mike and uh, also to the drivers, Dylan Murray and Dakota Dickerson. Checkered flag for Dylan Murray. Is he going to have to fight with Dakota as to who gets to take that one home? And maybe they have two of them. Maybe both will get one. It doesn't matter. After you put this on your record, that win, this first one, in, in any series is a special one. And there are going to be big-time celebrations for Dakota Dickerson and Dylan Murray. That's off also to Neil Alberico. He gave it his all. He set the new fastest lap of the race on the final go around did Gallon before Neil Alberico. So uh, a good, strong result for him. Uh, Rodrigo Flucker, though, he did what he needed to do. He brought that car home in fourth position. Tony's Kazimitz will uh, complete the podium along with Bruce Hamilton. Those two have done an, an, an excellent job as well today. And they were going to be rewarded with an overall podium. A really, really strong race for those two. And for Rodrigo Flucker and Austin McCusker, fourth place, good championship points. The 50th anniversary season of IMSA is bringing us great excitement in the IMSA Prototype Challenge. Jeremy Shaw and Brian Till bringing you the action from mid-Ohio. And you can join us for more and the rest of the season. The second half of the 2019 IMSA Prototype Challenge season will be live on IMSA TV and IMSA Radio from mid-Ohio. Thanks for joining us. There's more action throughout the rest of the year. Bye-bye. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.